time for us to fight, he said, voice growing louder. And we do so, not because we seek the glory of men, but because the other options are worse. We follow the codes, not because they bring gain, but because we loathe the people we would otherwise become. We stand here on this battlefield alone because of who we are. Death is the end of all men, Dalinar bellowed. What is the measure of him once he is gone? The wealth he accumulated and left for his heirs to squabble over? The glory he obtained, only to be passed on to those who slew him? The lofty positions he held through happenstance? No, we fight here because we understand. The end is the same. It is the path that separates men. When we taste that end, we will do so with our heads held high, eyes to the sun. I am not ashamed of what I have become. Other men may debase themselves to destroy me. Let them have their glory, for I will retain mine. Favorite quotes. Um, I have two, so I will. I'll, I'll start us off. Mine is the first interaction Paul and Elliot had with the Wave Kings, even though they didn't really know it was completely out of context. And mine is a quote from Noadon that Dal Dalinar is speaking in the in the part, but it, the words are from Noadon, and I will read it. I could have traveled quickly, but all men have the same ultimate destination. Whether we find our end in a hallowed sepulcher or a pauper's ditch, all save the heralds themselves must dine with the night watcher. And so, does the destination matter, or is it the path we take? I declare that no accomplishment has substance nearly as great as the road used to achieve it. We are not creatures of destinations. It is the journey that shapes us. Our calloused feet, our backs strong from carrying the weight of our travels, our eyes open with the fresh delight of experiences lived. I used that quote as kind of our our podcast trailer. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was it was my voice overlaid on our beautiful artwork that Joe Stiller did for us. Um and whenever that that whole that whole video came to me very organically, I was thinking, okay, what's a cool what's a cool quote to put at the beginning of a at the beginning of a long journey? And that that was the quote for me. I really love the the theme of the journey before destination as we have explored. I almost picked that quote because it was so so good. What's so fantastic about that quote is when I first heard that, like that's one of the first things, my first exposures to any of this book at all. Like you were saying, I heard that trailer that you put together, no context at all. And even then it was, it was impactful. It, it was a cool quote that I enjoyed reading. Now that I've been on that journey and I know so much more about those, those elements of that, it means so much more than it even did before. And so it went from awesome to awesomer even yeah very cool my my second one is from kaladin and then it's it's kaladin's i almost said epitome epitome 
uh, <laughs> epitome quote, I will say. Uh, it's 9.13 in my book. It's Kaladin debating whether or not to go back for Dalinar with his bridge crew. I've been here before, Kaladin bellowed, turning back towards the blue banner. What happened last time? I've learned. I won't be a fool again. It seemed to crush him. Sadius's betrayal, his exhaustion, the deaths of so many. He was there again for a moment, kneeling in Amram's mobile headquarters, watching the last of his friends being slaughtered, too weak and too hurt to save them. He raised a trembling hand to his head, feeling the brand there, wet with sweat. I owe you nothing, Colin. And his father's voice seemed to whisper a reply. Somebody has to start, son. Somebody has to step forward and do what is right, because it is right. If nobody starts, then others cannot follow. The light eyes don't care about life, Liren had said. So I must. So we must. So you must. Life before death. I failed so often. I've been knocked to the ground and trod upon. Strength before weakness. This would be death I lead my friends to. Journey before destination. Death and what is right. We have to go back, Kaladin said. The best part about that quote is the context. And the entire book is the context, honestly. But as you've as you've walked this path with Kaladin, you know you know exactly what's going through his head here. You know why he's frustrated with himself. Because he shouldn't be making this decision, but he's going to because he knows it's the right thing to do. And he's angry that he has to. And by the end of that by the end of that journey that he just went through at the beginning of that dialogue to the end of that dialogue, it's so organic. You know what you know why it's happening. All right. So I also had two quotes that I wanted to share that I just thought were really important moments or really just impactful moments that get you get you thinking in this book and one of them is really long and one of them is really short so we'll start with the long one and of course it's a it's a dalinar moment it's the the speech that he gives at on the tower when they've been surrounded and they know they've been betrayed by sadius but they see that caliban is coming and he gives this rousing speech to give the men one last surge this one last charge get down to to safety and to and to life and it it's not just a quote about charging it's not just empowering his men it's also such a good summary of of dalinar's own journey so i'll read it bear with me it's a little bit lengthy but it's just uh, it's so good i had to read it it is time for us to fight he said voice growing louder and we do so not because we seek the glory of men but because the other options are worse. We follow the codes, not because they bring gain, but because we loathe the people we would otherwise become. We stand here on this battlefield alone because of who we are. Death is the end of all men, Dalinar bellowed. What is the measure of him once he is gone? The wealth he accumulated and left for his heirs to squabble over? The glory he obtained, only to be passed on to those who slew him? The lofty positions he held through happenstance? No, we fight here because we understand. The end is the same. It is the path that separates men. When we taste that end, we will do so with our heads held high, 
eyes to the sun. I am not ashamed of what I have become. Other men may debase themselves to destroy me. Let them have their glory, for I will retain mine. I get chills just reading it. It's a great quote. My, one of my favorite parts about that quote is what Adolin and Dalinar have just gone through together for Dalinar to arrive at that point. And Dalinar has been beating himself up about the circumstances that they're in. If only I had been more careful. If only I had not not done this with Sadius, I wouldn't be in this in this circumstance. Adolin's like, no, father, don't regret this. This isn't your fault. And Dalinar's like, you know what? You're right. Sadius is a scumbag, and I'm not at fault here. Exactly. So my second one is much, much shorter. One sentence, really. It goes back to the Wandersail chapter with Hoyd and Kaladin out on the, the Shattered Plains. And there's lots of fun snippets you can pull out. I feel like Hoyd or, or Wit is very quotable. There's lots of little good snippets you can you can pull out of his dialogue. Hoyd's, a, there was, Hoyd's a one-liner. He has a lot of, he he has a lot of one-liners. Totally is. And this is one of those. But it's one that really got me thinking about this book as a whole and even just books as a whole genre of of fantasy fiction so I'll, I'll i'll read this one the purpose of a storyteller is not to tell you how to think but to give you questions to think upon too often we forget that i thought that was such a good little summary of a storyteller of what a storyteller is to do and there's a lot of powerful message, if you will, in this book. There's a lot that the characters are learning that you can learn as a reader as well. But Hoyt is saying here, and I think Sanderson does a fantastic job of it, he's not telling you what you have to think about these characters. What he is doing is bringing up so many questions that get you thinking not only about these characters in the book, but thinking about yourself. You start to read about characters like Dalinar and Kaladin who are sacrificing themselves for those around them. And I'm just left asking myself, you know, do I sacrifice myself for those around me? Do I, am I, am I hiding deep, dark secrets like Shalon is? I mean, there's so many different, you know, sections of the book that get you really, really thinking. And I think Sanderson does a fantastic job of doing what Hoyt is talking about, of making you think making you think about those questions. I'm kind of surprised at myself that one of my favorite quotes isn't from the Wandersale chapter because the Wandersale chapter is so dear to my heart. But yes, that is a very, very good one. And you're right that what's the purpose of a storyteller is not to have us ask questions. For sure. In the, especially the first quote that you had there, Elliot, that was like one of my very top ones. Like just hearing that and, and seeing that was like one of my favorite moments throughout the the book there. Is it um, properly epic in the in the audiobook? Yes. Yes. It is. It is very I, good. Yeah. I need to go and listen to just that section of yeah. the audiobook. It's really good. Especially because in that, that part of the book it's very on edge with the fight there and stuff and just seeing Delinar's like staunch, you know stand for survival it was really epic it was really really good yeah kind, so kind of in the similar vein before we move on there 
I've heard really good things about the graphic audio novel, the I don't, graphic audio or whatever it's called. It's kind of like a radio theater thing. Um, and I've heard really good things about the Storm That Archive one. I've never listened to it myself, but it's like it's like abridged because it's just, you know, dialogue back and forth. It's not like you're listening to the book. It's you're listening to a, the play, basically. And I've heard really good things about it. So maybe that is maybe that's the epic audio that you should go listen to for that. Your quotes were some of my very top ones. And if you did not choose the um I will retain mine quote from Dalinar about his honor, then I probably would have as well. That those definitely one of my top ones. So I'm gonna take us back a ways. I only have one quote for us. Um but I, we're backtracking a little bit to part two, all the way back in my version to page 241. And it's really just a passage from the Way of Kings that Dalinar is reading or knows of. And it's kind of a testament to his ideals and what he's ultimately trying to accomplish or what's what's affecting his train of thought, which I loved. I thought it was really good. So I'm going to read it. It's kind of long. It says, I once saw a spindly man carrying a large, a stone larger than his head upon his back. The passage went. He stumbled beneath the weight, shirtless under the sun, wearing only a loincloth. He tottered down a busy thoroughfare. People made way for him, not because they sympathized with him, but because they feared the momentum of his steps. You dare not impede one such as this. The monarch is like this. Stumbling along, the weight of a kingdom on his shoulders. Many give way before him, but so few are willing to step in and help carry the stone. They do not wish to attach themselves to the work, lest they condemn themselves to a life full of extra burdens. I left my carriage that day and took up the stone, lifting it for the man. I believe my guards were embarrassed. One can ignore a poor shirtless wretch doing such labor, but none ignore a king sharing the load. Perhaps we should switch places more often. If a king is seen to assume the burden of the poorest of men, perhaps there will be those who will help him with his own load. So invisible, yet so daunting. I felt like this was a really good quote to kind of embody Dalinar's perception of the world. We see him kind of act this out whenever he takes the big hammer into that trench and does a lot of work for the the men there and things like that. Um, so I felt like it was a really, it was one of my favorite moments. And also I think it was one of the first big ideal quotes we get in the book. This is like chapter 14, maybe. It's pretty early on. It's uh, not chapter 14, but... It's very early on in one of the very first moments we get with Dalinar. So it, it always stuck out to me. Chapter 15, by the way. Yeah, that's a really good one, Paul. That was one of would have been one of my honorable mentions as well. I think it's awesome that two of our quotes from The Way of Kings are actually from The Way of Kings within The Way of Kings. Mm -hmm. Just feels True. appropriate. Yeah. Surprised you aren't like Dalinar and can just quote it word for word, just offhand. Yeah, just... yeah. little disappointment. Not... True. Well, he's not read it 
what, 10 times now? I am similar in that I had it read to me, mm-hmm. though, right? I didn't I didn't read it yep. myself. I heard it, whatever, you know. So a little more on par, not to brag, but. True Alethi, man. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Tim, what do you got? All right. I, I've only got one quote, and it's actually kind of tied into one of Trevor's quotes, um, but it's the first one. Uh, where um, Rashon has just come in after the white spine attack and um, they've had the surgery and Riller has died um, and Liren decides to save Rashon instead of um, killing him, essentially, because he had that opportunity. And so um, Kalanen says... I saw inside a man today, Kaladin finally said. Not for the first time, Liren said, and certainly not for the last. I'm proud of you. I expected to find you here crying, as you usually do when we lose a patient. You're learning. When I said I saw inside a man, Kaladin said, I wasn't talking about the wounds. Liren didn't respond for a moment. I see. You would have let him die if I hadn't been there, wouldn't you? Silent. Why didn't you? Kaladin said. It would have solved so much. It would have been letting him die. It would have been murdering him. It wouldn't have been letting him die. It would have been murdering him. You could have just let him bleed, then claimed you couldn't save him. Nobody would have questioned you. You could have done it. No, Liren said staring at the sunset. No, I couldn't have. But why? Because I'm not a killer, son. Kaladin frowned. Liren had a distant look in his eyes. Somebody has to start. Somebody has to step forward and do what is right because it is right. If nobody starts, then others cannot follow. The Lydais do their best to kill themselves and to kill us. The others still haven't brought back Alds and Milp. Rashon just left them there. Um, yeah, this one is just very impactful for me um, and just a, a reminder of that important theme that shows up constantly throughout this book that somebody has to start to do what is right because it is right. Yeah, I really enjoy that quote because later on, in that chapter, Kaladin thinks to himself, I could have let him die. I'm, I'm what was he 12 at the time? I'm not as good as my, as my father. I, I could and would have let him die. And I've just learned something about my father. I've learned something that I need to live up to. That's actually a perfect bridge into my theme for the entire book if we're ready to move on to that Mm -hmm. trevor yeah go for it take too long for this i tend to to monologue for too long when when you guys let me talk about themes and and whatnot but i picked a theme for each of the different parts one through one through five and i felt that i had to pick a theme for the entire book what was what was one concept i felt was kind of shown throughout the entire book and this was harder than I thought it was going to be. This is, this was not straightforward. And You thought it was you know, going to be it, easy? <laughs> I, I thought it might have been. I mean, there's so many powerful 
thought, oh, I got lots to choose from. But but finding having to pick one is is really challenging. And actually, I think it's most challenging because of Shalon. The the Dalinar and Kaladin stories, Trevor, you talked about this a little bit earlier, parallel themselves really well. You could easily pick honor or you could easily pick leadership as themes for their their storyline and the the mirror that they they have in their plots but shallan's kind of a wild card in that you can't really maybe directly apply those concepts to shallan as much so trying to find something that applied to to all of them i had to i had to think for a little while but where i ended up was i think if i had to pick one concept for the way of kings as a whole i settled on moral integrity and this is what you're what you're talking about in your quote here tim of doing and i think that's something that all of the characters at least the big characters in this story struggle with at some point it's can you do the right thing no other reason than it's the right thing we see kaladin do this with trevor the awesome quote that you read where he goes back for for dalinar chooses to do the right thing even though he doesn't need to he doesn't owe dalinar anything but he does it anyway and then in return Dalinar, here's his shard blade, the one thing that maybe defines him as a person the most because it's the right thing to do, because it's a priceless trade for the priceless gift of his life that Kaladin has given him. And I think it would have been very easy for Dalinar not to do that. I think it would have been very easy to to say for Dalinar to say, hey, I, I, I tried to I tried to help you out. Thanks. But uh moving on. But he doesn't. He does the right thing. And that's that's so much even more than just honor when we look at shallan shallan even goes on a bit of a journey of trying to figure out what is the right thing there's that whole section where she's struggling with what yasna has done in murdering the the thugs that tried to to come after them and trying to figure out was this right was was this morally right was this ethically right was this legally right all of that bit and that maybe isn't the biggest part about shallan's shallan's storyline there but i think it's a big part of it is figuring out what is what is okay? What is right? What does moral integrity look like for her? And I think there's more to go there. I, I think you you've said before that Words of Radiance is is Shalon's book, so I'm I'm hoping that that will get to delve into that more. And I, are, and then lastly on this moral integrity bit, I had to pull in Zeth because I felt this touches on him as well. I think that Zeth, Zeth feels like he's doing the right thing in upholding his oath. He has this oath stone where he believes very strongly that he has to do whatever he's commanded to do. And we don't know the backstory about that oath donor, why he believes that so strongly, but he does. And so that really is his touchstone, if you will, for more. But as we saw at the very end, he's starting to question that. He's starting to wonder, is this truly moral or could he somehow break out of it? And he's starting to question just a little bit. So I'm really intrigued to see where Zeth's moral compass ends up as we as we go forward. If I had to sum it up in one concept, Way of Kings is primarily about moral integrity. That was what I walked away from with from reading this book. I like that a lot, Elliot. Thank you for that. That's it's a really good summary. Yeah, a lot of good a lot of good thoughts there. That I I do enjoy the the moral integrity there because. You're right that Kaladin has to decide to do what it's right when nobody's watching. Nobody's nobody's counting on him to go back for Dalinar. And Liren has to do what it's right when nobody's watching. I mean, Kaladin's watching, but Kaladin would have been on his side. And 
Shallan doesn't do what's right, and she faces some of the consequences. And Zeth is all sorts of over the, all all over the place, and we have no idea where he's going right now. But um, yeah, and then Dalinar doesn't regret doing what's right in the end. He does what's right and begins to regret it. And his son is like, "No, Dad, you've showed me that this is right, and I'm gonna live like you now, even if we die right here." Yeah, it's really good. Powerful. Alrighty. So this segment mainly focused at you, Paul, and Elliot, because Tim, you, you can cheat because you've read the book. So the way of Kings is done. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we would anticipate going forward in, uh, for the way of Kings, but moving on to words of radiance, I want any big unanswered questions on the way of Kings and any big predictions on words of radiance okay i'm gonna i'm gonna kick us off so first i'm gonna go with unanswered questions um and then maybe how they may get answered in the next book or okay i don't think my big question will get answered in words of radiance in all honesty um so my biggest outline question well i have two one is zeth's oath stone okay because, like we said with moral integrity, I think that's a great summary. I don't think, I think he morally knows what is right, but there's something holding him to this oath stone which we don't understand. Um, I want to know what that is. That's my biggest question. Second is I want to know more about Honor Spren. I want to know if each of these people who can surge bind or things like that, if they have their own or if there's different kinds of Honor Spren. I'm very, very curious about that. I, I want to see what's going on there. I don't know if Honor Sprint is just specific to Kaladin and him maybe being a Windrunner. I don't know. That's my biggest question. Okay, Elliot. I, too, share those same questions. I have a couple other really big questions that are really eating at me right now that I want to know the answers to as soon as possible. I think the biggest one right now is the Parchment and the, the Voidbringers and the the big drop we got at the end of Yasna claiming that the Parchment are the Voidbringers, and instead of defeating the Voidbringers, instead humankind, mankind has enslaved them and turned them into these all-obedient servants, and if they were to turn on us, how disastrous that would be. I have a lot of questions about that. We talked about that in our part episode, so go back go back to that for some of my thoughts there, but I really, I really want to know if that's true. I want to know if that's even possible. That's my biggest question. I too have questions about Zeth. I same questions you talked about, Paul. I think I would tack onto that. I want to know specifically what he did to become truthless and what exactly that means and what what is in his past that has brought him to where he is now. That uh that I, I gotta know. And then my last big question is all about the dark sphere. That little thing that we keep going back to that I honestly thought that was gonna get that that we were gonna come back to that in this story. That was such a an obvious hint in the very beginning in the prologue that was so big that I thought there was no way we weren't going to get an answer to that, but we didn't get an answer to that. So now I want to know what is that dark sphere? Why is it important? And the the last words that Gavilar gave before he died, find the most important words a man can say. I want to know about that. As well. I think it's funny that when you guys brought that up and you're like, 
Paul, I remember you specifically. You're like, okay, it has to mean something in this book. It has to. And they never bring it up ever again in the entire book. <laughs> well, then not, not another mention of it. No. Nope. Yeah. We do know it still has to mean something. Like, there's no way that sure. was just like, put in there to be like, ooh, ominous, but not actually lead anywhere. So we'll we'll get that answer. Since it's not mentioned at all in this book, I don't know if we're going to see it in Words of Radiance. Going into Words of Radiance. So this is going to be Shallan's book. and I have spoiled that much for you. I apologize. <laughs> um, which does shape my thoughts on this a lot. So with that, I don't think we're going to learn much about Zeph or anything like that. Going forward, maybe more interlude chapters. But I imagine it'll kind of stay consistent and we get these tidbits of information. Um, we may, we may get more on that. I think what we're going to see a lot is we're, we're going to learn a lot more about Fabrioles and I forgot the name, what they use Fabrioles for. Soul casters. Yes. Soul casting, stuff like that. I think Shalon is going to become a master effectively in that in the same way we saw Kaladin begin to showcase surge binding in a really epic way and pick that up, I think we're going to see with Shalon with soul casting and things like that. Um, that's not super far-fetched. I, I, I don't have any super wild theories about it in all honesty. I do think we're going to see more of the characters meet up in the future and more of these storylines uh, collide, which I'm super excited about. I I have kind of a long-standing theory or prediction, and that is that the Parsh the Parshendi are being used or manipulated somehow. I think that that theory still stands. I think that someone or something is out there using them for their ends. There, there's not enough. There's so many ends, loose ends that don't seem to meet for me that I still can't quite make sense of why the Parshendi are doing what they are. And so my my prediction there is that there's there's some force or some entity out there that's manipulated and, and is using them. My new theory for Words of Radiance is, is with Shallan as we go into to her book. And this one might be oddly specific, and I'm probably wrong, but I think it'd be cool. My theory one, I think at some point in the next book, she is going to be forced to reveal her shard blade. We, we saw some brief hints that she has a shard blade and we're assuming that she got that shard blade by killing her father. That was the kind of reveal at the end of the book for her. I think something is going to happen. I think she's going to get into some sort of scenario where she either needs to summon it to save someone's life or she, I don't know, is being pressured or somehow to, to have to reveal. I think she's going to get into a scenario where she, she's forced to use it or forced to reveal it. And somebody is going to, like their mind's going to be blown by that. I don't know if it's going to be Yasna. I don't know if it's going to be, maybe she's going to meet up with Kaladin or Dalinar or part of that story. We know she's headed to the Shattered Plains. I think the storylines are probably going to come together there. I think she's going to, there's going to be a big reveal moment with that Shardblade coming out. That's my theory. Cool. Before we move on, mm -hmm. I do have, I do have a, a very long list of unanswered questions. We, 
we mentioned some of the the bigger ones here, some of the ones that are really eating at me. But I'll put a hold course, on. I'll put I'll put a tally marker of your questions right right there for people. Okay. All right, go. So, over the course of these 1250, 1250 pages, there have been a lot of little tidbits, and a lot of them we have not talked about on the podcast. But I've keeping it. I've been keeping a tally of my unanswered questions so far. And there are way too many for me to talk about here. So I'm just going to run through them at breakneck pace here. I have about 50 of them. So here we go. Questions I have left after reading Way of Kings. Dawn Singers, Teravangian, Ghostbloods, Shallan's Family, Symbol Heads, Old Magic, Everstorm, Odium, Adonalsium, The Origin, Parshendi no Dalinar, Fabrials, The Sunmaker, Dalinar's Wife, Midnight Essence, The Stormfather, The Scouring of Aemia, Teft's Past, Moash's Past, Old Bloods, Risen, Aemians, Curse of Kind, Essences, The Ten Fools, The Invisitors, Eurythiru, Noadon, World Singers, Ed Eyes, White Eyes, Amaram, The Mistress, the Prime Catasix, Dawn Cities, Hoid, Ideals, Long Shadow, Dawn Chant, Terra, Souls March, Bright Collar, Life Brother, Dawn Shards. That's it, folks. That is everything I have questions about from the Way of Kings. Oh, okay. That's it. All right. We'll get that at 45. I think it's funny that you just had Hoid. As a question, like just just Hoyd, it's just, just a question. Hoyd, like who's what's Hoyd? Like, and then there's a couple other ones, just like Parshendi, no Dalinar? Question mark. Like, it's just I couldn't fit that one into one word. The re- like all the rest of them are like one word in that one. I, I couldn't. Like, like what you type into Google, Parshendi, no Dalinar. <laughs> It's one of those. It's one of those YouTube videos where it's just people like misspelling things. Yep. Yeah, like answers. Yeah. So all that to, to say, there's a lot I am going into words of radiance, and I'm sure a lot of that is not going to get answered. But I have a lot of things I'm looking for answers on. That was good. Uh, do you have any any questions that weren't on that list, Paul? I'm I'm sure you have that entire list memorized. Yes, yes. Um, going through that list, that was most of mine. Um, <laughs> was Shadesmar on your list? I think it, if so, it was an early one. I don't think it was. There you go. Ask a question about Shadesmar, Paul. That's uh, yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. It's funny oh, you mentioned. Sorry, it. sorry. Um, yeah, I was just about to say, you know, Shadesmar was one of my leading questions going into this book which we probably will learn a lot about though with with shallan and yasna they're definitely the direct ties to shade smart that we know of at the moment so i hope so 